Hi everyone! Welcome back to My Sister Made Me View with the 1999 Roswell Edition! I am Emily and I have seen this season. Uh, my name is Megan and I don't think that's entirely true, but it's Excuse it's pretty close. me. It's pretty, it's close. pretty close. So we watched the latest episode, which is uh, Roswell Season 2, Episode 16, Heart of Mine. But in reality, I should be writing my book. I should still be cleaning my apartment. <laughs> Do it a little bit every day, and it is making a very slight dent. But instead, we're making a podcast. We're making a podcast. Uh, <laughs> Emily, I have yes, some great Megan. news. I'm ready. I have made us new podcast friends. New podcast friends? I love new podcast friends. Who are they? Uh, so their names are down. their names are Carmen and Kelsey, and they uh, run my very very favoriteest Grey's Anatomy podcast, Grey's oh. Academy, and they're just starting to get into season four. So y'all, if any of our listeners love Grey's Anatomy. You should jump in on this. They were my number one listen to podcast this year, above Ooh. our own podcast. So. <laughs> well, high praise indeed. Uh, it's I mean, it's set up a lot like us, where sounds of our voice, where Kelsey has seen all of Grey's Anatomy and Carmen has seen none of it, and both okay. of the hosts are very very funny. But some of the highlights are each episode. So, you know, each Grey's Anatomy episode is titled after a song, right? Yes. Carmen, he does all this research and uh, into the song of the week and gives, like, when it was released. It, did it hit any top tens or whatever? And he listens to every song of the week. And it's funny because he doesn't always like them. And then <laughs> Kelsey's research that she does is she does this bit called Living in Shondaland. And Carmen wrote a theme mm-hmm. song to it. And I'm not going to sing it because it's trademarked. And you have to listen to Carmen sing it. But uh, Kelsey finds out which actors have been in any of Shonda's other projects. It's okay. a really fun listen. They've done the bomb episode, they've done the bus crash episode, they've done the fairy episode, so y'all jump in and listen. Anyway, we're shouting them out on Roswell because Catherine Heigl, who plays our Isabel, plays another Isabel on Grey's Anatomy. Isn't that fabulous? Who, who'd have thunk? Who'd have thought? And you know what else? You pointed this out to me. Uh-huh. I wouldn't have picked up on this because although I have seen some Grey's Anatomy... I'm not like a guru about it. But this episode of Roswell happens to be a prom episode. A prom episode? And Megan tells me there was a prom episode in Grey's. And so there is yet another tie-in. Oh my gosh. Season 2 finale that brings an end to the storyline. Light spoilers. Mm. Uh, That's heavy spoilers. Okay, maybe bleep it out. Uh, but I will say, I was waiting all episode for someone to die at the Roswell prom. She was, she was disappointed. I was. That everybody lived. I, listen, I feel like Liz Parker set up a lot of dramatis that wasn't carried through by the end of the episode. It was just like a general. Listen, this was not a bad episode. But it didn't feel like a sparkle prom event like it could have been. Okay. 
See, I actually really enjoyed this episode. This episode for me is what I wanted, what I want out of Roswell. Because I feel like in the past few episodes, like people will think about what they want, but don't do anything about it. And I felt like everyone was very assertive in this episode, which really moved things forward that we don't get to see very often. And so that's why I liked it. Yeah, yeah. This episode resets all three romantic couples for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, we bring back an old, we do the exact same literal song and dance with Michael and Maria again, but uh, some partnerships are switched by the end of this. And do you know what, Emily? Mm-hmm. I'm mostly irritated because I don't think it's going to stick. Oh. So you want everyone to be broken up. No. <laughs> I want Liz and Max to pull their heads out of their butts and talk to each other (laughs) they did that's what their whole dance thing was at the at prom but that's not how they really feel they were just being high school dramatic okay okay i liked it of course you did What, what I'm, what, I like what I like. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> what I'm saying is I wanted a little more alien drama in this prom episode. Um, oh, I, this was too human? Yes. Too this was okay. too teenager, too tame, too high school. I know we had um, Tess and Max reliving some of their alien memories, but I'm thinking mm-hmm. like the prom from Buffy. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like the... Homecoming dance from Buffy. I'm thinking about <laughs> the Ladies' Choice dance episode from Buffy. Just kidding. That wasn't real. Um, I'm thinking graduation from Buffy. I was sort of hoping that with this sci-fi high school drama that we wouldn't go back to super intense sci-fi stories and then just your run-of-the-mill high school. Like, even the the first Kiss episode where we had the episode about, like, um, the the heat wave episode and we were like mm-hmm. oh my gosh is there something alien connecting them and there really was like alien magics involved because mm-hmm. in Buffy uh, the whole <laughs> idea is that like high school is the monster because um, mm-hmm. we've, we've, we've had some really great metaphors with the show in the past about Max feels like an outsider, like any teenager would, but Max is made three times as much an outsider because he's literally an alien. And I just, mm-hmm. I didn't hate this episode. I just wanted more non-teenage drama. Drama. <laughs> okay. I just watched an episode of a lawyer show that I love and someone got <laughs> shot to death in the courtroom. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. That's what I... Shock value. And and at the beginning of the episode, Liz was like, this was the last time we would all stand here together. And I'm like, girl, this is the first time you have all stood there together. (laughs) Anyway, but... um, So those were my general thoughts on the episode. Those are good thoughts. Also, Kyle took his sister to prom. (laughs) (laughs) I... Listen, I forgot how much I love Kyle. I forget episode to episode how much I love Kyle. It's Kyle's he, time to shine. It's 
Kyle's starting to shine. Like, I mean, we've talked about this before, but, you know, there's the aliens and they're the, you know, the main characters. Kyle is MVP for for uh, supporting actor. I, I think he should get top billing. He has put so much thought and effort and craft into kyle valenti like mm, love it so much so much time on his prom hair it's he (laughs) did that was ridiculous remember how mad you were about michael's hair in season one to season two i was that mad about kyle's hair in this episode it looked Uh, horrible i agree um emily i will say i agree with you 100 percent on kyle shiningness Mm -hmm. Um, yes. That when the show started, I thought I was going to love Alex way, way more. And mm-hmm. a, a lot of Alex's storyline is in satellite to Isabel's storyline. Um, whereas mm-hmm. Kyle really feels like he gets to go on his own character journey and like be his own person and follow his own discoveries. Yeah. Alex just kind of feels like they're pulling someone in like, oh, we need an extra body. Mm-hmm. Although, to flesh out whoa what i how can i jump scare you when i'm five thousand miles away you do it anyway anyhow somehow i don't know how anyway um i saw a thumbnail of another show and colin hanks is in it so he's currently acting in something Ooh, do you remember what it was no <laughs> it's gonna write it down and i forgot it's all good well, shall we get into the heart of the episode? Oh, you mean the heart of mine, the episode? The heart of mine? See, you did you see what I did there? I did! I was picking up what you were putting down. Thank you. The episode starts off like the previous episode where we have Maria standing talking to us, the audience, and explaining stuff. And I really like the way they've set this up because she's her funny sarcastic self she's not just standing there being like previously on this happened this happened this happened she puts her own flair to it and it's sassy and i just really like it like like they wrote they wrote her a previously on like intro Mm -hmm. i thought it was very very funny to have a previously on literally making fun of how long it's been since you and i have recorded But yeah, uh, it's been a minute since Meg and I have recorded. Uh, I I feel like we say that all the time, but it really is. It really you know, has. it really has been this time. Megan's back in California now, and I'm in my new apartment, and so we're figuring out how to you know record a part again. I hate it's it. It's great. I mean, I also hate it. <laughs> I'm really happy to be back back in California, except I have to come back to Utah in two weeks. For LTUE. Yeah, Maria kind of goes over everyone's timelines explaining, you know, how what Liz and Max's connection is and what Tess and Max's connection is and what Tess has been doing with Max, helping him remember all of this stuff. And they bring up the fact that Liz is kind of drifting over to Sean. And, you know, Maria's like, and in, in including in all of this, it's prom season. Oh, no. But I have, okay, I have a lot of things to say about the Sean and Liz storyline. One of the big plot lines of this episode right now is Liz getting closer to Sean. Emily. Yes? Before we really get into that, can I Mm -hmm. say the one huge beef I had with the previously on? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Previously on said, 
that something huge was happening in the Max and Tess storyline, and they showed footage, and I'm like, I don't recognize that footage. I, uh, do you know what? It's it's probably just because it's been so long since we have recorded. Emily, they showed in the previously on footage from this episode <laughs> and told us something that was going to happen. Like it had been a long-established storyline. And I disagree. I think this goes against the very heart of previously on. You know what? I agree yeah. with you. Thank you. I agree with you. The heart of mine of the previously on. <laughs> they, they mentioned, you know, in the previously on, how Liz is becoming closer to Sean. And I think the actress, uh, Sherry Appleby, did a really good job kind of playing on Liz's um, how torn she is because we've already known in previous episodes that Liz has kind of accepted like I need to move on I need to do other things with my life like after she you know left Max at the end of season one she goes on to become an intern for a congresswoman like she is doing things to push her future forward because if she stays with Max her world shrinks down to Roswell like she has so much potential they They've played this up every so often, but she's the she's very, very intelligent. She has a lot of drive. She wants to become a molecular biologist and go to Harvard. Like, Liz has huge dreams that Max can't help her achieve. He can't be a part <laughs> yeah. of that. Technically, if she wants to be a molecular biologist and mm -hmm. she's dating someone who has molecular rearranging magic, I think that could be really helpful in her career pursuits. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but that is true. And so the idea that she's getting closer to Sean and Sean is really trying hard. I think he's a little manipulative at times and we, we might talk about that, but mm -hmm. Sean kind of represents this unknown, this... Uh, dark horse running sort of a thing where he's he just got out of juvenile he breaks into places still he drinks beer he throws off the status quo but maybe that's no, exactly no, what no. liz needs Stick i knew you were status. gonna say that i should not have mentioned that. listen if you say one of my sleeper phrases <laughs> i as a theater kid sleeper agent must <laughs> sing i have a mouth and i must sing <laughs> go put your belt box on well, then you can't hear me podcast. You know what? You laugh, but I carried it around with me while I was picking up today. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Meg has a singing lesson. She has a beautiful voice. I know you've all heard it on the podcast. I have not sung her... beautifully on the podcast. <laughs> but her, her walls are thin, and so she can't really practice to belt. And I found on Amazon what's called a belt box. And it's basically just like a hunk of plastic with foam in it that you put over your mouth. That makes everything a little tiny so that you can get it and not disturb your neighbors. And I just think it's super funny because you like tie it on your head. It's very funny. Uh, yeah. So I don't use the tie on your head strap because I do have to pull it away. <laughs> I have to pull it away from my face to breathe. <laughs> like you could breathe in the mask, but it's like... It's super hard to do. <laughs> Plus, if I wear it with the strap, it looks like a muzzle. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and it's, instead, I like to imagine it looks, if I hold it up, I'm like some sort of weird <sighs> scuba mask. 
which I could just pull away (laughs) from my face. So with Sean, here's the thing. I have, because I've seen the show, most of it, et cetera, et cetera. You all know the song and dance. With Sean trying to, I feel bad, but I feel like a lot of the stuff he says is deliberately designed to get under Liz's skin, not in a way to push her forward to like discover new things about herself, but to like make her keep interacting with Sean, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like uh, at one point they're sitting in the car and he tells her, there's just something about you. And she reacts positively. Like she makes kind of this cute little face like, no, there's not. But all I could think of is like, okay, the, the running joke for a lot of like the BYU campuses is like the 22 year olds and the 25 year old dudes (laughs) go and find the young 18 year olds and, and, you know, try and date them and, and things like that. And just some of the stories I heard from, from roommates or whatever, where they just are like, there's something about you. You're so special, blah, blah, blah. It just makes me want to go like barf. Like (laughs) if someone said that to me, I would not believe them. I would be like, you're trying to get into my pants. No, thank you. Back away. Well, that was something that I brought up during this episode. I'm like, it feels like, especially because um, Kyle's gross friend who like brings up, oh, how long is it going to get you to get in with Tess? That Mm -hmm. this feels like a manipulation relationship. Yeah. That he's so much older than her and he's like pushing, uh, like he goes in for a kiss and oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Liz pulls the funniest face after <laughs> she goes away from the kiss. It's like an actual, and she like looks out the window, which is not, that's not what you want from a kiss. Um, but like, I really, maybe they'll pull this character around, but I really feel like he's just going after her, one, to annoy Maria, and two, mm-hmm. to like get get her like you know Mm -hmm. notch on his belt style yeah so i don't trust this guy yeah and i really want to because listen i will be honest i just remember how everything ends up at the end of the series i can't exactly remember how how sean how this ends and so i'm trying to also still give him the benefit of the doubt but like yeah a lot of the stuff he's saying just feels like like just just like we said manipulative and how he's doing it just for one singular purpose not to like really make her feel better um because he he does there as we'll talk about it as the episode goes on but uh he's there for her when she's feeling very lost and very sad and i really want to view it through the positive lens of hey i'm here to like help you be a friend or i'm here to support you but i don't know i don't know i don't know we'll see i don't know um oh my gosh i i'm sorry i know i jumped back to the previously on but there's something else i forgot a very important character that makes a return this episode Mm -hmm. liz's alien diary is back (laughs) it's back baby it's no longer about aliens it's just about I forgot his name. Curly Blonde. Sean. 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 
<laughs> you can remember this. It I is one syllable. You can. I believe in you. Guess what? Max, Liz, those are also one syllable. That's but true. We know oh, how no. much I struggle with those. You are in trouble. It's fine. I'm just hoping that he's not in the show long enough for me to care. I hope he's gone <laughs> next episode. I'm sad he didn't die at prom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I think that the showrunners had fun with this episode. Like, uh, it's prom season, and so we're getting different viewpoints of, of other random characters asking each other to prom, and our main characters are kind of watching this happen, and so it's really building up. It's like, prom is a big deal. Prom is a big deal. This is going to be great. But, like, our poor aliens are kind of going through their own thing at this point, and so prom for half of the group is very low on their list of you know, important things in their life. And for others, it's clear at the top. And it's very interesting to see how that is split between the aliens and the humans. Because yeah. for for Max, Liz, Alex, I think Kyle and Tess, it's lower. Like, they're not as excited. I think Michael makes it a priority because it's a priority of Maria's. Yeah. Um, but Isabel, we find out, uh, actually took all the classes that she needs to graduate early she's gonna be done and this is her one chance to go to prom in a complete opposite situation it took me two extra years to graduate college (laughs) because i could not pass my last class (laughs) can't do it stop i I understand they want their students to be well-rounded but also, the last semester of my college career, they changed up a lot of the a lot of the requirements, and so like English and art creatives needed to go take more computer and science classes, and vice versa. They wanted math and science students to take more creative writing classes. Oh to like, gosh. I real I don't know like when you're when you become a senior and you're like in the thick of getting ready to graduate, just throwing a bunch of extra classes at you that like have nothing to do with your major which is why you're there at college in the first place it was so extremely frustrating to me to be like I really want to focus on graduating and doing all my projects in my specialized you know whatever anyways I had a lot of thoughts about that I hear you I hear you because (laughs) I an animation major completed all of my animation coursework early Mm-hmm. And was simply working on my uh, introduction to statistics class, <laughs> which you would think, you guys, you would think introduction to statistics is not a killer class. But like the second time I took it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a different teacher and that teacher was like, you guys should know that this is one of the most difficult math classes at the school. Ooh. And I was like. This is the intro class. But you guys, I will say, because I had to take it four times, it's made me so good at spotting, like, uh, assumptive fallacies in polls and things. Where someone's like, oh, we took this poll, and it definitely says this outcome. And I'm like, okay, well, where did you get your sample from? Where did you get your sample size? What time did you take it? Did you know there are people who will not answer your phone if you do a phone poll? And so it's it's taught me to better read all statistics. That's very but, cool. 
I still hate it. <laughs> but, but fair. Totally fair. So with our, you know, everyone's kind of split on what's important in their lives. And right now for Max and Tess, Tess is uh, helping Max remember, remember their planet. And oh, some of the things that she's helping him remember are just like a sensor, a sensor, a sensor thing for me is he's talking about, I remember I was swimming in water on my back. Oh, and the yeah. water was heavier than earth water. It was like jello. And I'm like, what? <laughs> they, they told this story as if it were such a romantic, soft, beautiful sensation. And I'm like, okay, you guys are going the wrong direction for good sensory stuff. <laughs> like, okay, what I would have said is that the water... I was swimming in the water and it was evaporating, but it wasn't hot. And I would have mm-hmm. had the water turn to vapor that lifts you up in the sky, where like oh. you could swim through clouds on this planet. See, but no, yeah, he's they... like, as I kept swimming, the water turned more and more to jello. I remember. And I'm like, what? That sounds like a <laughs> terrible experience. I don't want to be Dwight Stapler. I want to float amongst the stars. There you go. Yeah, I think they were trying to make it ha 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 alien. It just didn't work. It definitely didn't work. <laughs> they did a bad job. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> Max is remembering all of these things, and he and Liz sit down and and chat, and they're kind of like, "Oh, look at everybody doing prom stuff." Not that we're above this, but just oh, look at what everyone's doing. And Liz is talking to him is just like you know i imagined last year all four of us going to prom you me maria michael and she's like painting a picture of like exactly what she's pictured and she's like i even bought a dress and they decide that they'll go to prom together just because they're not dating anybody else but they're also not dating each other and why not why not go and i'm like sirs ma'am Sir, this is a recipe for disaster. I mean, come on. Okay. So here's an irritation. You guys have heard from me in the past with Liz. Is that she's like, why can't things go back to the way we were with me and Max? And I'm like, Liz, you pulled a prank on him. (laughs) You pulled a prank on him that made it look like you slept with your ex-boyfriend and he caught you in bed with them. And Liz, you also know that the whole future depends on you and Max not being together. And I I feel like she forgets how big of a hurt she put on Max. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, just get past it. Just pretend it didn't happen. And do you know what? I was fine with them all going to prom as friends. Mm-hmm. And I would... I think the one the one thing about this episode that really put a bad taste in my mouth is when Liz freaked out on him on the dance floor. And mm-hmm. I wish that hadn't happened. I wish just ugh, I would rather okay, so this is jumping forward, but she fights with Max and then he leaves and then the big thing at the end of the episode happens and we'll talk about that when we get to it. And I wish that she hadn't been mad on the dance floor. I wish that she had been sad and that she would have been like I don't know. I just, I I was sort of irritated that she got like mad at him. It almost felt like she was mad at him for leading her on. And I'm like, Liz, 
100% of this prom night was your idea. You did this yeah. to yourself. Okay, so we have a Liz and a Sean scene where Liz is running to catch the bus. She misses it. So he happens to be there, which I think is, is kind of shoehorned in, but that's okay. It's it's a teen it's a teen show, it's a teen drama. I'll accept it. And he offers to drive her to class and what he does is apologize for kissing her because he could immediately tell after he did it that he had really misread the situation. But I can't tell in this situation if he's just saying that because he knew she was uncomfortable and he's trying to get her guard back down or if he's honestly like, hey, I'm really, really sorry about this. Because as they're talking more and more and she's trying to kind of be like, I see you as a friend. And she's like, Max and I are going to prom together. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you two were together. And she's like, we're not. We're not together. We're just going as friends. And Sean does this thing where I can tell he's jealous because he's like, oh, wow, Max has this great thing going where he's telling you that you're not together and he's dating someone else, but yet he's still keeping you on the side, which I think that's what it looks like from the outside. But to Liz, she's like, no, that's not really what's happening at all. And she gets kind of, uh, kind of mad about it. And so, uh... I don't know if Sean's trying to place doubt in her head, but I also see I also see his point. Um, like, I mean, I had we've talked about this before, but I had friend groups in in high school where, you know, person A really liked person B, but person B was dating person C, but also keeping person A on the side and like still giving them little like, oh no we can still hang out. Oh no, I still like you. Did it, you know, just not making a, a decision or a choice and just really leading people on and how that's hard for the person who's just left waiting because you're never given like a full answer. And so you're just left waiting because one day it might happen. And I, oh, I'd always get so mad when I would see my friends do this because I'm looking at, you know, person A who is just so devastated, <laughs> so devastated all the time. But any little crumb that they got from this girl was like, this is it. She loves me. I knew it. But to everyone else who was in that situation, they were just like, dude, you got to move on. You got to. You got to. Yep. I did not go to prom. And my junior year, it's because I was not asked. And mm -hmm. my senior year, I was asked by someone I did not want to go with. And I was the fifth person he had asked. And I did turn him down. Mm -hmm. um, so, but uh, Emily, I would like to tell a, so that story is not funny. But I'd like to tell a story <laughs> about my junior prom, which is funny. So okay. I was not asked to prom my junior year. But I did already have a dress. And I'm like... What a shame for this to go to waste. Mm -hmm. So I dolled up on the day of prom mm -hmm. and I borrowed the family car and I drove myself to Barnes and Noble. Oh. And I spent many hours in the Barnes and Noble cafe reading a book. Emily, uh, the year was 2007. Would you care to guess what book it was? Was it Twilight? It was Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple employees of the bookstore came up to me and said oh no oh are you waiting for your date 
to the prom, you know, trying to make conversation and and being and polite. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it would make sense that you know if I was meeting my prom my date somewhere for our pre prom day date, like we'll see the kids do at the crash down, and I looked up at this Barnes and Noble employee and said with a perfectly straight face. Edward Cullen is my date. Oh, no, Megan. <laughs> Megan, no. Why would you say that? Because it was true. I had the tiara and gloves on and everything. And I just wow. sat in a bookstore and read Twilight while all my friends went to prom. Well, you spent it how you wanted to. And I think that's very admirable. Oh, oh Emily. Oh, I, Megan. I, listen, I had some awkward moments in junior high and high school. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to tell another story about a steak uh. dance because it was a story about me that I forgot about. And mm-hmm. I just remembered it while I was cleaning the house, like packing to move. I do not know what brought it up. Okay. But I remembered the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to me in my entire mm-hmm. life. And listeners, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Okay. So once a month, uh, where we grew up, they had these church dances. So um, the the people that you go to church with every Sunday, that group is called your ward. And several wards grouped together, that's a stake. So it's like a pretty large geographical area. And all of the members of the church who live in that area are called your stake. And so we would have a stake wide a-K-E. Yeah, like a tent steak, not like a meat steak. <laughs> so <laughs> it's an important difference. We had these monthly steak dances. And during the fast songs, I had a great time. But no one would ever ask me to dance during slow songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and like there would be, I would keep count. And there was one streak where like three dances in a row literally no one asked me mm-hmm. and i'm like do you know what <laughs> screw this this song came on that i love is let me be your hero by enrique iglesias and i'm like do you know what forget forget all these people i'm gonna enjoy this so i imagined my ideal fictional man not like a real character from a story i just like pictured a handsome guy and mm-hmm. i in my <laughs> Shortcut curly hair, my glasses and my braces, went to the middle of the dance floor at the age of 14, couples surrounding me, all dancing, and I start pretending to dance with an invisible person. Okay. That's okay. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. The story is not nearly finished. What? So there is this boy who I had a huge crush on. Everyone had a huge crush on him. And I had had, I was in ninth grade at the time. I'd had a huge crush on this boy for three years at this point. Mm-hmm. And he saw this happening. He left the girl he was dancing with and came over to me. And he gestured at the empty air in front of me. Well, first he's like, he comes up to me and says, do you want to dance? And I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, I have to stick to my guns. And I say to this boy, I 
already have a partner. <gasps> I can't, I can't listen goes, to this anymore. He goes, may I cut in? And I embarrassed said, no, but. <laughs> no. Emily, here's where it gets. So this is both the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened and the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. Mm-hmm. I said no, but he has a cousin. And I gesture <gasps> to the empty spot next to this guy. Listen, this boy is also 14 and had every right to turn and walk away from me. Mm-hmm. He, My face is burning right now, <laughs> Emily, he started dancing with an invisible partner next to me. Honestly, this man is the best human I've ever known in my life. I cannot believe he did this for me. That lasted Mm -hmm. for about 30 seconds. And then he's like, would you like to, like, can we just, and I'm like, yes, yes, I'm so sorry. And we did actually dance for like a minute and a half after that. And the girl he had been dancing with before he came over to me, she did not speak to me for like the next two years. (laughs) <laughs> but there you go that is literally the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me and it's why i can't feel shame anymore because literally how could anything be worse than that it's true you you went and made it through to the other side oh my gosh oh my gosh it's so embarrassing anyway mm-hmm. so listeners that's a story about me <laughs> that's that two story stories about, about me so I think both of those stories give you like a really good, a really good indication of what I was like in junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did not go to prom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing that killed me after a while is like after prom was over and everyone's like, oh, did you have fun at prom? Who did you go with? And I'm just like, no one asked me. And all the boys are like, oh, if I'd known you didn't have a date, I would have asked you. I'm like, Liars. I don't want... Yeah, I I don't believe you. And two, I wouldn't want you to ask me out of pity. Like, that that would be awful. If you want to go with me, great. If you don't, totally cool. Don't make me go with you. Yeah, maybe that's why I really like this episode. It's like, oh, I mean, listen, I've heard horror stories of people like, oh, I went to prom with the person I had a crush on and it was super awkward and we never spoke again. Like, prom (laughs) is not the... The be-all, do-all, tell-all, feel-all, see-all, end goal. It is a fun, exciting event, I'm assuming. <laughs> but, like... Do you know what? But, but, oh, what? You go. You go. Oh, because we talked to Maria in this, and she's telling Michael, like, this is potentially one of the top five best nights of my life. You know, just there's a lot of pressure that goes on there, and... And I just feel bad for people that it doesn't go well. For some people, it's a dream come true. And it's the best night they've ever had. And I'm really happy for them. But that's a lot of pressure to put on one night, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, I bet it's not as great as you think. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know being an adult with spendable money, I've gone to way, way cooler experiences than, (laughs) you know, my organized local prom. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, this year, I'm going to the Labyrinth of Jareth Masquerade Ball. <gasps> oh, that's exciting. And I'm like, that's going to be way cooler than any prom. <laughs> well, we've got Maria, who, again, says this is one of the top, could be the top five nights of her life. And she's expecting Michael to immediately be on board. And he's not. And so, 
automatically now they're seeing other people and that's just how it is Ugh, and then we have this. is <laughs> then we have isabel who is seeing this happen for other people other people getting asked and i was so surprised they took it in this direction because she kind of feels like she's arranged that she's sitting there with alex and she's kind of being like oh i heard so and so was going to ask me to prom and he's doesn't even look up at her and he's like really i heard he was taking this other person you know just doesn't even acknowledge her and she's like uh well the point is i would have said no and she's you know kind of makes it very obvious that she's waiting for alex to ask her and alex does this really great the boys in this the boys in this show the the supporting character boys in this show are wonderful because he's just like listen i'm not going to ask you to prom because we're going to go i'm going to get my hopes up and the next day you're going to move on to something else and you're going to leave me crushed and like I was before I went to Sweden, and I'm not doing that anymore at all. And I was just like, wow, yeah, good for him. Good for him to stand up, you know, because I, listen, I was a doormat all through high school just because I'm a people pleaser, and I like to say yes, and I fawn, and I just want to make sure everybody else is happy, and I've worked very hard to maybe not be that way anymore. Um and I don't know, I was just really impressed that Alex did that. Because I think as a teen, I was just like, no, someone wants to like hang out with you. Someone wants to be with you. Why don't you just say yes? But he stands up for like how he really feels, not just like pushing it all down and being like, I'll make this work. I don't know. I was just really impressed. Uh, I have a sad story about my senior prom. Why are you telling so many of these sad, embarrassing stories? This one's less embarrassing because someone okay. else was in the wrong not me okay that's there was fine. you know how like i said the, the guy who eventually did ask me was someone i didn't want to go with there was mm-hmm. someone i did want to go with and i told my friends oh i hope this person asks me and this girl who i was friends with went to this boy and said megan is telling everyone that you're asking her to prom and she's bragging about it and oh, no. i don't think you want to go with a girl like that and he asked her instead. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a Thank you. You're welcome. Should be known that this girl undercut several people's anticipated pairings for school dances over the time where I was in uh, high school. Wow. Ugh. How insecure do you have to be to Ooh. Oh, I don't like that. Me neither. Don't do that, people. I was, Who was really it? Who was it? I was embarrassed and mad when I found out. Did you ever tell him I wasn't doing that? No. Okay. I mean, I don't know what I would do in that situation, like, at all. But Megan, tell me who it was and I'll believe. It was Of course it was Oh, I could have written that in an envelope and mailed it to you. (laughs) I know. Oh, that's rough. I'm so sorry. I never had anyone, like, sabotage me like that. And I'm so glad because I don't think I ever would have gotten over it. (laughs) Oh, but look at me now, a TV director with my own podcast. (laughs) 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 Oh, you guys, we had a family event last week because our parents came home. 
and it just felt really from nice. a very extended trip not yeah. just like from the supermarket yeah our parents were out of the country for a year and a half so we had like a big family and friends party and it just felt so gratifying like this is something i've been working at for 15 years it felt so great to finally say oh yeah i'm direct i'm a director now i'm directing episodes of this and this tv show i directed three episodes this year and it just like it wasn't like um I'll show them, I'll show them all. It was more like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I've been trying to do this for a decade and a half and I'm so happy I finally did it. It's how you're going to feel when your book gets published that you can start telling yeah. people about it all the time. Great, great. I'm there for that. Yay, okay. okay. Sorry, prom. Prom. Uh, Maria is afraid that Michael is cheating on her because he was too quick to say, let's see other people. And she and Liz break into Michael's apartment only to find the name Juanita. And so, you know, with the address and they go to the address and they see Michael through the window embracing this older woman. And, you know, poor, poor uh, Maria assumes, I think rightfully so, that he's seen someone else because he's not just like kind of standing there. Like he's got his arms around her. She's got her arms around him. And so, you know, Liz is trying to help her see that, hey, maybe maybe it's not what it seems and so maria drives liz to max's house so that uh liz can ask max what's going on with michael and uh tess happens to be there helping max remember stuff about their home planet and he's so excited he's hugging her because i mean he's remembering his past and all of these things and Liz sees it and obviously misinterprets that as well. So we have, obviously. I'm not a big fan of miscommunication, but I feel in this one, it works. Like if they did it, if they did it over and over and over and over again, it wouldn't. But like for a show about teenagers, I think this, this worked. Okay. So you and I are going to 100% disagree with this only okay. because I feel like they have been doing it over and over and over again. Mm, okay but yeah okay so i think okay here's one of the reasons i think it works is because in order to move the plot forward she needs a cat catalyst to like really propel her forward and so she's very upset about what she saw she's like kind of marching down the street and sean shows up and kind of makes a snide remark and she just blows up at him like i don't need this in my life right now and he's like do you want to get out of here and she, she barely hesitates, but she's just like, yes. Like, that was the catalyst she needed to, like, move forward. And so I liked that, that she didn't just go and, like, sulk about it, but that it, like, helped move the plot forward. Okay. I can, and right. here, we learn, Megan learned something that she didn't know before. Okay. About bowling now, alleys. Listen, it's more like I learned at the very, so I knew bowling alleys were slippery, you guys. <laughs> I did know that's how it works, but Mm -hmm. I thought it was because the wood was polished down to such a frictionless surface. No, Emily. No, Emily. I did not believe it was polished down with oil. I believe the wood itself was sanded down and had a finish on it that was frictionless, not a surface Mm. that was liquid but a solid surface that was incredibly smooth and frictionless. And I've just now learned 
that they're oily. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. Well, so Sean takes Liz to the bowling alley, and they have this really interesting conversation about he's making all these observations. And again, I can't help but view it in the in the light of he's he's just trying to be manipulative. He's trying to do all these things, and he's telling her. Max is suffocating you. Like, you're probably feeling guilty right now about talking to me. And we're not doing anything. And how Liz is being suffocated and Sean feels like he's being suffocated in this small town because people only know this, you know, he was in juvie and he's a troublemaker and all of these things. And it's just a really interesting conversation because I think this is stuff Liz could have figured out on her own but not while she was still in Roswell. And I think she needed an outside external presence to kind of spot what is going on here. And I like that Sean is not afraid to say things that she won't like. I I liked it. Thank you. All right. Um, People are starting to pair off now. You know, we've got Max and Liz who have decided to go to the prom together as friends. Uh, Maria, I think, has decided she's just going to go herself, just her, uh, because Michael obviously isn't going to ask her. Isabel has confided in Alex that she is going to graduate early, and this is kind of her one chance to go to prom. And so he does a very gentlemanly nice thing and asks her to go to prom with him. And uh, that kind of leaves Kyle and Tess. And one of Kyle's buddies, again, we, we talked about him earlier, but is being kind of gross about like, she's so hot and I'm going to take her to prom and ooh, you know, and mm-hmm. Kyle goes and asks Tess, will you go to prom with me? Because he's just like, I, I took this girl I had a crush on and we didn't have a lot to talk about, but I know you and I think that we could have a lot to talk about. Will you go to prom with me? Yes. But here's one thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Finish your thought first. I was going to start talking about promposals. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> so I where found... we grew up. No, 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 I... no, 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 wait. Uh, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. I have you something go, go, really, go. just real quick. I was unloading. I brought a lot of my old stuff from home. And I found mm-hmm. one of my weekly planners from high school. And this <gasps> wasn't for prom. This was for the end of the year spring fling or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I found written in it make sure you answer such and such on this day because uh my senior year I got asked out to several dances not prompt but like so I actually found one of my old one of my old notebooks and I found the day that I answered somebody's uh dance posal or whatever oh I love that that's really cute thanks um, so for those of you who don't know what a promposal is, or you're just like, what the heck are you talking about? So in this episode of Roswell, people are just asking without any, any flippity flop, hoorah, whatever, just will you go to prom with me? The area where we grew up, I don't know how it started, but asking someone was like a huge ordeal where it was like, you go and like put confetti in their room or you, you know... I, for one of the dances I asked one of my friends, I bought a huge flat of strawberries and said, like, I, it would make me very happy if you went to, you know, this dance with me. Or, I mean, there was one friend that I helped where he did a 12 days of, I can't remember if it was 
if it was prom or if it was something else, but like for 12 days, we did huge, huge things for our mutual friend to be like, hey, we're getting up and making you breakfast in the morning. Will you go to prom with this dude? I don't remember, but like it's a it's an ordeal. It's a huge ordeal and usually it's very expensive. And the bigger the gesture, the cooler you are because someone has done this for you sort of a thing. And I enjoyed doing it when I was in high school. It was always Uh fun to like come up with like fun things to do. But I kind of really just liked this. Will you go to prom with me? Like I thought Mm -hmm. that was great. So it's so funny that you're like, maybe it's just where we... Maybe it's just where we grew up because Brandon Sanderson (laughs) and I think it was in our creative writing class, but I heard him talk about once how like he grew up in Nebraska. So like he was past college age when his family moved to, I can't remember if it was Utah or Idaho, and that when his sisters were going through high school, he found out that, you know, promposals were a thing. So yeah, I think it is local to, to where we grew up, but it's become more and more popularized like across the country since we were in high school but I feel like it was a very 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 Utah thing when we were doing it and um my theory is because they were like it really felt like practice marriage proposals you guys (laughs) (sighs) listeners the way that dating was treated when we were growing up because like you know you marry somebody forever that dating was incredibly serious. That you didn't date until you were 16. And after that, there were very, like, limited, you know, sociable, acceptable kinds of dating interactions when we were in high school. And so it really felt like if you were dating somebody one-on-one, it was so serious and so romantic. And that's, like, where big asks came from. My favorite ask I ever did was I took a pair of shoes and a, like, you know, got a pair of shoes from the thrift store and I got a, this is for a, a casual girls ask dance. And I spray painted the, I spray painted some black spray paint on the van tire and I backed over this box of shoes and there was a note inside that said, my soul will be crushed if you don't go to the dance with me, spelled S-O-L-E. And that I just, is very cute. Thank you. Um, do you want to know who I asked with that great move? Yes. You know that guy that danced with me in junior high? Yes. It was I, him? I took him to a girl's choice dance in high school, and that was literally Aww. the last time we spoke to each other. But <laughs> we did slow dance the entire time to I Can Be Your Hero by... Uh, <gasps> That song. So I was going to talk about like the songs, you Uh know, of like our high school. That is the number one. Yeah. I can be your hero, baby. That is what played at every steak dance. That is what got played at every Uh, school dance. It was the song to dance to with your significant other. I know. That was the song I danced to an invisible partner with. (laughs) I'm telling you, that was literally in junior high. That was the song I was dancing to alone. And then he showed up like Mr. Elton rescuing Harriet Smith at the ball. Mm-hmm, and when mm-hmm. I asked him to that dance our senior year of high school, we danced mm-hmm. together to that song. Oh, okay. And then we never spoke again because honestly, that boy How do you probably, come back from that? Like, how? Do, how? You can't. You just can't. You but, can't. You no. Know, he, he 
he went with me to this casual girls choice dance where we were supposed to dress up like famous disney couples emily Mm -hmm. do you know what couple i chose for us to dress up as what i want you to guess Uh, famous couples was the theme of the dance atlantis no uh edward cullen no that is a great guess though uh what you said it was disney themed sorry our group was disney themed but the idea Mm -hmm. was like we didn't dress up dress up we made t-shirts jane and tarzan no i did that for my uh i did that for a different dance though oh okay what how what did you dress up as the sword and the stone oh megan camille (laughs) why are you the way that you are (laughs) and i made his i made his t-shirts you know he was the sword i was the stone which i realize Mm -hmm. now is kind of suggestive Mm -hmm. I didn't. Yep. I didn't put that together in high school. <laughs> but I just I wore a cute gray hat, and I had a dinky uh-huh. little toy sword for him to to wear. Cute, cute. I was you guys. I was so embarrassing in high school. <laughs> That's okay. You you got it all out of your system. I got it all out of my system, and it's gonna listen. I'm gonna make an animated TV series about a high school marching band someday, mm-hmm. and. People are like, is this autobiographical? And I'm like, only the truly humiliating scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Well, for our characters, they have some... See, I liked the scenes that they had at prom. Um, you know, they're, they're there as friends. It's really exciting. You know, everyone's super stoked to be there. And the Tess and Kyle storyline is one of my favorites because all of a sudden it's super awkward. It's super awkward and like they don't know what to say to each other. And it hasn't been that way ever. And all of a sudden he's like, do you want a drink? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go sit over here. You know, just just kind of awkward. And this same dude who's a Saturday Night Live alumni now. Megan, can you look him up? No, don't look him up. I'll look him up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's also in new girl taryn killam killam k-i-l-l-a-m okay but he he's the he's the the guy that's wants to get into tessa's pants and is really like really talking suggestively to kyle being like throw her to me when you're done with her and Kyle has had enough and he grabs this dude by the lapels and he's like, don't you talk about my sister that way. Oh my gosh. No. And you can see both boys immediately go, what? Because Emily, this means that he has asked his sister to prom. He's asked his sister to prom. But he, he owns it and he goes and he kind of like takes Tess aside and he's just like, listen, you're beautiful. I think you're great. I'm really happy you came with me. And he's like, but I just see you as family. That's, I can't, that's it. Like, that's it. And she is relieved, you know, and he gives her a hug. And there's this look on her face of just like, I've never had this before. Like, Kyle can't see it. But when he hugs her, she's just like is surprised for a minute. And it's kind of like, oh, like, oh, that's so cute. It's so cute. Yeah. 
Gift of the Magi happens. Again. Uh, Again. Michael reveals that he has taken dance lessons in order to take Maria to prom because he can't dance. She forgives him. They dance into the sunset. Uh, Isabel kisses Alex, who specifically had said he didn't want to be kissed. Yeah, not cool, Izzy. I didn't like that. (laughs) Not cool, Izzy. And uh, Liz and Max have... Let me, let me pull up this conversation really fast. Because I thought it was a good conversation. Uh, while we're talking about this, mm-hmm. something that would make me happier with this episode is mm-hmm. if Liz Parker's That Was the Last Time We Were All Together speech was in Vegas. Mm. I wish that had been part, like, them, like, laughing and happy. Maybe, like, a moment in the hotel room or walking up to the hotel room before the, the sheriff shows up. I just, the moment where she was like, that was the last time we were all together. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. oh, you know oh. who we forgot to talk about? What? The sheriff and Amy <laughs> DeLuca. <laughs> Going on a date. Uh, they are chaperoning and are really into each other. And we have Maria and Kyle at one point sitting there being like, ew, I caught them making out on the couch. Ew, I caught them making out in the pantry. Ah, what are we supposed to do about this? And I'm just like, what a weird friendship to be like, our parents are dating. Like, what a weird friendship. Okay, so, 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 so this means... <laughs> so, 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 yes. <laughs> Sorry, it's the caffeine. Um, <laughs> I love that... Tess and Kyle are like, do you know what? We have siblings. We feel like family. Mm-hmm. And I would love for uh, Amy, DeLuca, and the sheriff to get married. And so, like, Maria, so, like, Kyle now has, like, two teenage sisters. Oh, that would be cute. Because, okay, okay, I cannot stress enough how non-canon and never canon this is. Mm-hmm. But a wish list joke that me and another storyboard artist had on jurassic world camp cretaceous again Mm -hmm. if you're a fan of the show and you're listening to this this was never brought up to the writers or discussed in the writer's room i cannot stress enough how much this was just an in joke between the two of us (laughs) we wanted when the if the kids parents eventually found them we -hmm. loved the idea that maybe kenji's dad and yaz's mom because they both had single parents that, like, mm-hmm. what if during the search for their kids, these two fell in love? And so if they ever got rescued off the island, Kenji and Yaz would find out that surprised their siblings. <laughs> I that love... That would be adorable. Yeah. Anyway, if I... if uh, Camp Cretaceous reboot in 30 years, that's the way it'll go. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go. That will never happen. I <laughs> Legally, this is all a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, you have to tell us or it's entrapment. No, that's no, that's not legally what's happening here. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, okay, so the scene with Max and Liz, they are dancing and it's kind of a bummer. It's kind of a downer because Liz is reminding him why they can't be together. And not that he was making grand romantic gestures to her at all. That is not what was happening. But she's just like, listen, I've been feeling like something bad is coming. And I think it's you and Tess being together. Like, 
you know, she's like, my worst nightmare is you coming to me and being like, I remember Tess and I love her so much. And, and she just talks about like how hurtful this is going to be. And I really admire that she is so open and honest. Like this is one of my favorite scenes of the whole, the whole episode because she's so honest and she's kind of been this character that's like this adventure happened to her and she kind of got yanked into it kind of I mean really unwittingly she got shot and an alien saved her and it changed her life and she's kind of just been going along trying to help everyone figure out who they are and where they come from and the mystery of the aliens and everything that I think she's starting to realize that she's really missing out on her own life that her own life is important. And I think Sean is helping her see that. And I think her being this honest with Max is a huge step in her character arc where she's not coming and yelling at him and telling Max what a terrible person he is because that's not what she's doing. She's just really saying, like, this is what it feels like. I feel paralyzed. I, you know, you were married to Tess in your other life. You know, if we both, let's just stop pretending. Like she officially is like, maybe we're just holding on to something that's never going to be, it's never going to happen. And maybe we should just let each other go. And Which I think is an incredibly healthy way of looking at it because it's this will they, won't they, will they, won't they, will they, won't they. And if Liz is trying to really make a clean break, I, I think the timing could have been better. But I really think this is a great scene i'm gonna make some absolutely wild show predictions okay i am going to guess that sherry appleby leaves the show before it's finished okay whether liz dies or moves away that's she's she's out of the show Mm-hmm. My second huge guess is that Isabel leaves, but evil Isabel will join our side and become a recurring character through to the end of the series. Nice. And the reason why I'm making that guess is I'm finally having a brainwave <laughs> about <laughs> why a short-haired Katherine Heigl <laughs> is the show thumbnail. <laughs> Oh, so that's really go. bothered you. That's my that's my current. This is where it's going. Guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good guess. I really I I'm excited to see where this goes. Thanks. Speaking of going, Max leaves the dance dance floor. dance floor is out in like the hallway. Tess finds him and they do some more remembering, where he's like he remembers the first time. He met her. He remembers all of these things and how, like, he's like, and I touched your cheek and you said this. And Tess is like, yes, yes, that's exactly how it happened. And they start making out. Because and I, I want to point out that earlier in the episode, Tess is like, my memories of us on that other planet are more real and more serious to me than anything that's happened on this planet. And mm -hmm. I would, you know, Tess has really been an afterthought character a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I hope that she's going to be involved in the show more because 
I think it's so sad and romantic, the idea of we were in love in the last life and you just don't remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, she's like, I feel really bad for Tess because the idea of you remembering all this stuff that happened and feeling all of those very emotional, visceral feelings and then watching someone, if if they could just remember, if they could only remember, things could go back to the way that they were. You know, talking about Max and, and him not remembering and things like that. And, and I understand why she's trying to really help him remember because she, I think she wants her old life. You know, she wants what they used to have. Yeah. So... Yeah. But Liz sees it. And even though she was the one, listen, I get exactly the, why she reacts the way she does, because she did just say, let's, let's let it go. Let's, let's move on. And she comes out and Max is immediately making out with Tess. I would be <laughs> upset too. Listen, I don't know if I'm opening a can of worms here or not, but Ross and Rachel, we yeah. were on a break Ross was absolutely in the wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. Yeah. Yeah. They were on a break. That doesn't mean 15 minutes later you go and find somebody to sleep with. That's just because you're mad and you're hurting. And this would have hurt Rachel. And it did. And Ross, you deserved all the bad things that happened to you because of it. Like, okay, jumping into that as well. Yes, they technically weren't together when he slept with that other woman. That's not where mm-hmm. he's in the wrong. Mm-hmm. It's that he lied about it and tried to hide it from Rachel when she was like, let's get back together. Because yeah. he knew it would hurt her. And, mm-hmm. like, there's a bit where she, she like, I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched this episode. I can't remember if Rachel goes to his house or if she just calls him to be like, I'm sorry. I want to, like, fix this and talk through it. But he hid mm-hmm. the fact that that other woman was there in the house while that was happening. While that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Also, that 100% happened to me in high school. <laughs> oh, this is the car story. Yeah. We in have the driveway. talked about this where, like, the yeah. the guy and I had spoken, the like, literally either earlier that night or, like, the week before. I honestly can't remember which one. About And I had said, hey, if anything serious is going to ha- happen with us, it's going to have to wait until after we graduate, after this and this happens. And so he started, he was like, okay, and immediately started dating someone else. And I was absolutely fair of him to do that. At the time, though, I was shattered because I was like, I'm not going to date anyone seriously until I graduate because, and I didn't voice this to him, so it's absolutely fair that he acted the way he did. So, yeah. But what I didn't voice to him was, I think what we have is so special, I am waiting. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to be with anyone until that happens. Mm. And, hey, hey, kids. Hey, kids. <laughs> the reason why the Ross and Rachel, we were on a break fight, is so bad. And the reason why it hurt so badly when it happened to me is we did not clearly communicate our expectations mm-hmm. of what to do with the time off. So, yeah. But, yeah, it still hurt me, like, really, like, so badly that we never got over it. Yeah. Yeah. 
which I listen in in terms of miscommunication, misunderstanding, all of these things. What do you think is going to happen with Liz and Max versus Tess and Max? Um, listen, I will be nuclear, nuclearly, nuclear. I will be so mad. <laughs> I will be so mad if Liz and Max wasted my time for two seasons for the writers to be like Tess's endgame. Mm-hmm. I will be furious. Okay. So what I'm hoping okay. is Max and Tess will go for a while. I am still hoping that the theme of we are not who we were in the last life. Like we are mm-hmm. their clones. We are not them. And I would We've like. We've got Valandra, Isabel. Yeah, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that like we are not them and we do not have to live their lives I would like to mm-hmm. see that storyline really considered hard and thought through for Max and Tess to realize, yes, those memories of our other life, they are not our... Yeah. Basically, I would like Max and Liz to... Re- Sorry. Max and Tess to realize we don't have to live like them. We don't have to be them. I am very sad that Tess and Kyle will now never be a thing because they've been sibling zoned. Yeah. I will yeah. say as cute as the stuff with Kyle was this episode... I am deeply disappointed that that is not like a coupling option anymore. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons that makes me think Max and Tess may seriously be together at this point and Liz may leave the show because I think they are going to be like, no, it's, it's Tess and Max and it was always meant to be Tess and Max. And if, Mm -hmm. if Buffy and Angel ever got together, the world would end. Mm -hmm. So now, Mm -hmm. We have a blonde interloper who we thought was evil at the start <laughs> is now the new love interest. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, like Buffy. yeah, I was about to say, it's just like Buffy. We already know from future Max that without Tess, the world is going to go to pot. Okay, 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 okay. But okay, okay, okay. okay. It's not... Without Tess and Max kissing, the world will go to pot. It's just if we're mean to Tess, the world will end. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And you can be you can be nice to somebody without kissing them. <laughs> oh, that's great! I love that. That's a great. That that's true. That's true. I'm not going to argue with that. Well, we're, we're wrapping up this episode with again a voiceover from Liz talking about. Who knows where our hearts are going to go? I'm trying to be open. And I think that's very admirable because she does want her life to move on. She doesn't want to feel suffocated. And, you know, she's had this conversation before that if she stays in Roswell, you know, she's just kind of reduced to what everyone already thinks of her. And the idea that there are new experiences for her out there beyond this alien thing, I think she's going to be... Like, she's looking forward to them because she's talking about, like, I feel like I'm moving on. I feel like I can breathe. I'm riding again. Like, it feels like she's coming back alive again. She's gone through this period of mourning. And now she's kind of accepted, hey, you know, me and Max may not happen. But my life will continue. So that is the end (sighs) of Season 2, Episode 16, Heart of Mine. And the next episode is Megan's lucky number now you guys you i don't think you can conceive 
When Emily says lucky number, that doesn't even cover the depth of it. 217 is a number that literally haunts me. Okay? I came in, no brag, 217th place in my first half marathon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, The race where I've gotten my best time ever, my bib number was 217. Mm-hmm. 217 was the monthly rent on my first apartment. Uh, and like not even something I chose. That was just like they changed the rent even after I moved in. Uh, 217 was in my employee identification number in my first industry job. Like <laughs> the 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 number 217 is everywhere. And so season two, episode 17 of any show, I'm always like, this better be good. Don't let me down. So <laughs> if it is truly my lucky number, what would make me happy? I would like a serious character death to happen. Mm-hmm. I would like Max and Maria to break up for realsies. Max and Maria. Okay. I meant Michael I... and Maria. <laughs> you know what <laughs> you I mean. You went almost the entire time. You did it. I Listen, we're going to call that you did a whole episode without <laughs> messing anybody's name up. Um, And I would like a good sci-fi premise episode next week. Okay. Well, like we said, this is season two, episode 17, Cry Your Name. So we will. Whoa. Uh, that's Whoa. a dark title is it cry your name that's that's this sounds like an intense episode okay well i'm excited to get into it okay. uh but in the meantime i gotta get back to writing my book <sighs> i'm gonna get back to cleaning my apartment well guess what what i believe in you <gasps> i believe in you too ready break, break. Thank you everyone who tuned in and listened to My Sister Made Me View It, the Roswell 1999 edition. Meg and I uh, are having a good time. I think Meg is finally having a good time listening slash watching Roswell. Uh, So if you enjoyed this week, join us next week when we do our next Words of Radiance episode, which is the book by Brandon Sanderson, where Emily knows nothing and Megan knows everything. And special thanks to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. We use it for all of our podcasts and we just think it's perfect. Also, if you liked it, we'd appreciate if you would tell a friend, phone a friend, text a friend, do something with a friend. Uh, Let them know about our podcast. We have our Words of Radiance uh, feed. We have our Roswell, the 1999 version feed. And we have a miscellaneous feed, which currently features Our Flag Means Death. And we are getting ready to start One to Watch by Kate Stamen London, which will also be on our miscellaneous feed. So you have that to look forward to. I hope your new year is going well. And remember, we believe in you.